he said out of those three, they make so much money that the other 17 are completely irrelevant because the three just annihilate the world, right? Mm. And he said he's just followed that. He's just rinse and repeat. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we're sitting down with Austin Zabak to talk about how you can grow and scale a massive business from a young age. Okay, Austin, he is 23 years old right now. He is currently heading about five different projects um, in things like real estate, in things like social media, in things like exotic cars. This dude's doing a lot of different things right now, but he's gonna talk about how he was able to do all these different things while still maintaining his focus and while still moving forward in one consistent direction because that is something that I see a lot of young people getting caught up in is that shiny object syndrome of trying to do all of these different things. And that's something that we really cover in this podcast because Austin has had some massive success at 23 years old. Okay, this dude has multiple seven-figure companies that he now runs. He's working with some of the top people in his respective industries. And, and a lot of that is just, it's so remarkable and inspiring for me that a young person, a 23-year-old, could be doing all these different things. So we're going to talk about exactly his blueprint that he used to build out these massive businesses and how you can begin to follow that same blueprint to build out whatever you are currently working on, uh, whatever you are passionate about. This episode is going to guide you in the direction that you need to be moving in order to really move your goals ahead and not just end up like you feel like you're spinning your wheels over and over again, but really give you that guidance, give you that direction that you need to start really making progress on your goals. So I'm super stoked for Austin to share some of his amazing wisdom with you. It was so cool to meet up with him in Arizona, see his team, see what they were working on. So I'm excited to share this episode of the podcast with you today. So wherever you are, if you're at the gym, if you're at work, like wherever you are listening to the podcast from, today, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. All right, Austin, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Doing phenomenal. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you here. So our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode, but for those of them that aren't as familiar with who you are, what Austin Zabek's currently doing right now, give us a quick like 60 to 90 second intro as to what you're up to. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, Austin Zabek, obviously, thanks again for having me. Really appreciate being on here. Um, And you know, I'm 23, actually I turned 24 in like two weeks. So wow. I'm about to be an old man. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of a serial entrepreneur, right? So, you know, obviously like my background's kind of long. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like just your typical entrepreneur story, I guess, right? Sure. But, you know, fast forward to today, and I'm sure at some point we might even get into a little bit of my past. Yeah. Um, but today, you know, obviously I own, for the, well, I guess for those people that don't know, mm-hmm. I, about five, four or five companies that are like kind of full-blown companies. So um, two real estate companies, a traditional real estate company, and then an investment real estate company. Um, I have a real estate course. I have uh, 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 basically like an Instagram slash social media course. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, I own a marketing company. And then I own an ATM company. And uh, then I just do like social media and stuff, right? So those are kind of my current stuff that I have going on. I've had other companies in the past, but I've sold them and mm-hmm. kind of moved on and just tried to systematize and you know <laughs> get everything kind of dialed in. Awesome, yeah. man. I'm stoked to dive into all those because like, obviously you're doing a lot of different things right now. Um, but where I like to start all the episodes off is sort of diving back into your past, like you mentioned earlier, um, and talking about specifically your middle school and high school years. I'm, I'm really curious because um, I know we have a, a younger listener base here. So talk to us about that time period for you. Were you getting into entrepreneurship? Were you getting into sports? Was school something that you took seriously? Mm-hmm. Um, what did that time period look like? Sure. Yeah. So I'll back up a little bit further just to give you context. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was seven years old, I mm-hmm. actually got like my parents uh, didn't like they never wanted kids. Yeah. So I 
like got kicked out slash moved out and basically into my grandparents like garage wow um, when i was about seven so i, I lived like i built a room in the garage but so there's like air conditioning and stuff in there i put one of the wall units in um and so when i grew up in the garage at my grandparents i started my grandpa owned a pool company at the time so they didn't have a lot of money so they were basically like hey like you, you can live in the garage but you got to pay like for electricity and whatever else that you need so he just showed me the pool company he's like hey look i'll show you what i do and then you can go do the same thing basically so by about eight years old, I had started my own pool company. And, um, you know, by like, I don't know, 10 or 11, I was doing well. I was probably doing like 1000 or $2,000 a week, all cash. Wow. Um, so, yeah, like like for that age, like that's yeah. big money, right? And, uh, yeah, so like I learned the in and outs of like being an entrepreneur. Um, but I, I never called myself an entrepreneur at that age. I was more just like a business owner. Like yeah. I didn't really know what, knew what that, that term wasn't really a thing back then, right? Yeah. Like we're talking like 15 years ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, fast forward, like I made a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. Like I didn't know, like I was just a, a kid, you know, I didn't really know left from right. Yeah. So, you know, every RC toy car, like <laughs> helicopter, airplane, like go pad, yeah. like you name it, I owned it, right? Um, and so anyways, fast forward to like your question, which is like middle school and high school. And the answer to that is that, I was never like, I was a bad student, hmm. right? So I, I didn't, and it wasn't that I, I, I wasn't capable of being a good student. It's that I had no interest in it. Mm. Like I was just, I never understood why I had to learn history yeah. or, or, or science. Like I didn't want to be a scientist. <laughs> I didn't want to be a historian or whatever you call yeah. it, right? Like I just, I wanted to do other things. And so, you know, I, I could have probably applied myself and been a good student, <laughs> but I didn't. And, and therefore... I was a D and F student. I mean, in all wow. reality, yeah, I was not a good student. <laughs> at okay. All. Yeah. So, so moving throughout high school, were you still starting up different ventures? Were you rolling with the pool company? What did that look like? Yeah. So at about fifteen, I sold the pool company. The okay. mar- at that time, if you do the math, the mark that was right around when the market was correcting. Okay. Um, so everybody could clean their own pool, right? Yeah. It was one of those things where uh, it was. I just kind of had to get rid of it. So. That's when I got into, well, I got a job, obviously. So, like, I've, I've worked a lot of traditional jobs. Sure. So, that, because I had to pay for things. So, yeah. you know, I got a job at a dry cleaners at 15. Um, and then I, but simultaneously, I always had that business mindset. So, at, at the same time, I got into network marketing. Hmm. And um, I did very well yeah. in network marketing. And I always kind of maintained a job for some reason. Looking okay. back, I don't know the exact reason why. But it was very off and on. Like I would, I, I never worked anywhere longer than about three months. Hmm. So I worked many, many, many jobs. Uh, and it wasn't that I got fired. I would just always quit because, I, again, it was one of those things where like I was, I was getting told people were. Someone else was saying, "Hey, Austin, like you got to be here at this time and do this and do yeah. that." And by the way, at the end of the day, you're worth this. Yeah. And I didn't understand that that model. Huh. And so, uh, but yeah, network marketing is the answer to that, and that's where. I kind of re got into the world of entrepreneurship. Hmm. So there was like a gap and then I got back into the world. And then that, at that point I would say being an entrepreneur was, was just becoming a thing. Okay. It was like, okay, like <laughs> people knew what it, what it was, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, Gary wasn't big yet. Like yeah. a lot of these guys, like Gary would used to come speak at our events at, in my first network marketing company. Wow. And, um, you know, he, Instagram wasn't a thing. Like he cursed a lot. A lot of people didn't like Gary back in the day. Uh, matter of fact, I, I saw him got like being booed off stage a few times, you know, and stuff like that. I think he actually left the stage, but like people booed him, like he yeah. because he was just he, nobody knew who he was, and he cursed a lot. Like as a matter of fact, probably more then than he does now. Huh. So you can imagine now it's like okay, well at least I knew who he is. He's so credible, you're not going to boo him. Yeah. But back then there was no, you know, it's like wow. he was a wine guy, right? Yeah. 
So that just to give you uh, an example of the time that was kind of going on there. For yeah. sure. So I want to dive a bit deeper into network marketing for a second because I have a lot of younger listeners who approach mm-hmm. me and they're like, I just got started in network marketing and I'm not really sure like how to go about this most effectively. So right. do you have any advice for the young network marketer, say 18, 19, 20 years old, who's just getting started in the mm-hmm. field? What are some of the things you wish you would have known um, starting off? What are some yep. of the things that made you so successful? Well, first and foremost, network marketing for me was the gateway to everything. Like I attribute, and, and by the way, like I, I have a kind of a big... Um, group that was in our original company. So, you know, like uh, you, you take guys like Alex Morton and Brad Alcat, a lot yeah. of the big names in the yeah. industry now that are massively successful. And by the way, a lot of them not in network marketing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them highly successful in other industries. But we all started in that network marketing era. And so for me, looking back at that, that, that shifted my paradigm, as mm. Bob Proctor would say, right? Yeah. And he was one of our mentors back then because his wife was a part of our company. Wow. And so... Um, that changed the whole game for me. And I think for me, it was more about the shift in that paradigm, but at the time, not realizing how important that was hmm. or, or even how impactful it was at the time. And so you only see that in retrospect, right? Like before. And so, um, I, I would say just like patience, you know, like patience and then work ethic. Okay. I mean, like you got to really like network marketing is a grind, like yeah. straight up. Right. And, but anything is. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are, um, th- they're just like, you know, they might be out in, in the world trying to just kind of, I, I see a lot of people half-assing the industry, I guess. Yeah. And that's, I guess, to sum it all up. Okay. Yeah. So who do you think network marketing is generally effective for as far as like a young mm-hmm. person trying to assess like, is this a viable option for me? Because it was right. very like beneficial for you, but like mm-hmm. who, who do you think it's right for? Yeah. I mean, I think it's right for anybody that wants to achieve financial freedom. Okay. Right. I mean, I think if you're going to be a distributor, ultimately um, in any, in any company, by the way, mm-hmm. the company is almost irrelevant. Uh, you've got to want financial freedom. You've got to want abundance, I think. And, and it might not always be financially. I mean, I know that you know, a lot of people are chasing abundance, which we all should be yeah. in every area, which might in, in include you know, um, phys- being physically abundant, right? Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially. I mean, there's a lot of areas, right? Where we could definitely all improve. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have that hunger to want to improve and become a better person, I think. And then ultimately, when you get in companies like that, what I think is so cool is that you you get the, a lot of those mentors and a lot of that education and knowledge for free. Yeah. And I think people undervalue that, right? Like they they get to go to these events where these these people that are making seven, eight, nine, ten figures, and they're complaining that they didn't make a hundred dollars. And mm. it's like, wait a minute, like you just went to an event for free where a normal person would have paid ten grand, and you're still complaining. Yeah. You know. That's huge. Yeah. So talk about the role of mentors on your life, your experience into the place we're at now, sitting at 23 mm-hmm. years old. Who have been some of the people that have been extremely influential on sure. you throughout that time period? Yeah, so a great question. Um, a lot of people, right? Like mm-hmm. I think mentors, and, and people ask me this a lot, I always say like you have to have a mentor, Yeah. in my opinion. And more specifically, I think down the road, I think in the beginning, everybody finds one mentor. And what I've found over the years is that um, you want to have multiple mentors. Hmm. So, you know, start with one. That's a great place to start. Like nobody can do everything at once. But then eventually start to determine, because like when you, when I take a mentor, you know, I might have guys in my life that are really successful, right? Like they, they make hundreds of millions of dollars. I do have these people. I'm friends with multiple billionaires with a B and, um, but I know some of those guys, they might not go to church. Like they might not be married, you know? And so like, if you're trying to, if you're in a relationship and you're a Christian or, or whatever, like, um, you know, religion you are, maybe you're not a religion, irrelevant, you know, that might, that might be somebody that you take all the advice in the world from financially, mm. but nothing else. Yeah. Right? And it's like, you don't want to look at other areas of their life. 
So, you know, finding different mentors for different things. And, and that's what I've truly mastered huh. is like I have different guys and I'll go to them for that one specific thing. Like I don't go to the guy at my church and ask and get financial advice. I just don't, yeah. you know, I, I just kind of let that be. But I get a totally different kind of advice from that person. Huh. Right? So, Super yeah. interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. so now talk to us about that period where you transitioned um, out of network marketing. Mm -hmm. and, and why – you mentioned a couple other guys who have also done the same thing. So why do you think that is? People like sort of move on from, from mm -hmm. the field. Yeah. Well, I just think that um, – gosh, I don't know that there's any like specific reason. Because okay. I, know, I know a lot of people where like they, they just like – you know, they've been in the in the industry for 10 years and, and they're still there and they're happy, you know? So sure. it's not like everybody falls out of the industry. However, um, I mean, I think retention rate with anything like that is a little bit high okay. just due to the nature of it, right? Like it's a very small entry level to get yeah. it to be a part of a company like that. I mean, normally you're talking like one to $500. Sure. And that's not in the real world of business. Like that's nothing. Yeah. Like we're talking like a phone bill, right? Yeah. And so, you know, naturally the retention rate, like the turnover rate is going to be high. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I, I just moved on, I guess. Like hmm. there was no real reason for me. Uh, it just kind of evolved. Okay. And, you know, to answer your question, I mean, I worked a lot of jobs during that time. Like I said, I probably had 10 to 15 jobs minimum, you know, during that time. And um, I just ultimately got really frustrated with that. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, another thing for me too was, and I don't have to go into too much detail, but you know, the company that I was initially a part of at one point got like, uh, some problems happened and we, we were all forced out of the company for a period of time. And so, you know, then we kind of jumped around to companies and the, the we never found another company quite like the first one. Hmm. And by the time the first one went back to where it was, it, the, the hype was gone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the, it was, it would, it would have been very difficult to go get another, um, you know, consumer or, or even a distributor to get re-signed back up for that. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of had to move on. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. At that makes time. sense. Mm -hmm. So when, when in time was that? I mean, you're 23 mm -hmm. now. Was this like a few years ago? I was probably 17. Oh, at the time. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Give most of take. your network marketing happened like real early In the on. teens. Okay. Yeah. I would say 15 to 18. Wow. Yeah. And were you still in high school at that point? Um, yeah, I was. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah for the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. um, I was probably, I mean, I, I probably got introduced to network marketing as a sophomore. Okay. Um, but, you know, I was probably in it until probably after I graduated. Hmm. Yeah, slightly. I don't remember the exact, like, di like time frames, but give or take. Okay. Yeah. Was college ever a consideration for you? It was, hmm. actually, yeah. Uh, for a short period of time, um, I wanted to be a petroleum engineer. I haven't told many people that. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Like, if you ask me why, I wouldn't be able to really tell you. I think it was probably for the money. Because I think at the time, um, you know, I was just like, engineers make good money. You know, social media still wasn't that big yet, right? So it wasn't like everybody had all this knowledge quite yet. Yeah. I mean, like, at the time, it was like, oh, wow, like 130 grand a year. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. But, like, back then, it was like, wow, like, this is, like, life-changing. Yeah. You know, and so... I was interested in that and I was always good at math. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I never applied myself to math, but had I, I would have been good. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, you know, college was definitely a thought, but I mean, to be completely honest with you, my grades were so bad that it wouldn't have been a thing. It wouldn't have been possible, hmm. right? Like I, I probably got like a 1.7 in, in high school wow. GPA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So barely, I mean, I shouldn't really have even gotten my diploma, but I did. I pulled it off at the very last second. Like I got my diploma and I actually graduated with a high school diploma. Wow. Well, congratulations yeah. Yeah, yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. Big, Thank big you. moves, yep. big moves. Yep. So once you graduated, um, were you still doing network marketing or was that sort of when you made your pivot? I was, I was starting to pivot already. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't fully pivoted, you know, but it was the, the, that was happening. It was in the works, but I didn't know what, 
Like I had no idea what I was going to do. Hmm. And you know, to be honest with you, to this day, I still don't know, right? Like a lot of, that's one of the big questions I get asked all the time is like, people always think they have to know exactly what they want to do. Yeah. And I knew, I knew the end result, but I never knew exactly how it was going to happen. And hmm. to this day, I still don't. I can tell you right now what my goals are for the next 10 years. It might be what I'm doing right now. And then, and you might interview me in two years. I might be doing totally different things. Huh? Yeah. So what's like the bigger vision that you're working towards? Like mm-hmm. why, why do all these different things? I mean, obviously like money's big, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that at the end of the day, like I think people shy away from the fact, I think our society's like gotten a little bit soft yeah. and people are like, you know, you got to do what makes you happy and you got to chase your passion. And you know, um, like there's all these memes floating around on Instagram where you, and I, I can't quote them all exactly, but sure. everybody knows what I'm talking yeah. about. Right. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, yes and no, right? Like, I think I, I do agree to some point, but I also kind of highly disagree because mm-hmm. without money, like, nothing happens, Yeah. right? And, and it's just one of those things where people can fight it all they want, like, they can argue it all they want and, and say, like, oh, money doesn't make you happy. And to that point, I would say I almost actually disagree, like, and I could give an example, and that would be, like, if you had, um, you know, somebody in your family member that was ill, but you loved them deeply, like, they, you truly loved them, and, like, that person made you happy, and the only way that you could cure whatever it was that they were ill with was a million dollar check, right? Like that was the only way it was gonna happen. Insurance wasn't gonna cover it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was gonna cover it. Like it was either a million dollar check or it wasn't, they, were, they weren't gonna be here any longer. And so, I mean, if you cut that check for a million dollars and you cured their disease, you just bought happiness if that person makes you happy. So for anybody that says you can't buy happiness, I, I just proved that you could. <laughs> And, you know, for, to, that, to that point, it's like, I think I've never heard anybody wealthy say that money doesn't buy you happiness. I, I, I truly mm-hmm. believe that with all my heart. I truly think that the only people you ever hear that come out of their mouth is people that don't have any money. So, you know, money's big, right? But it's what can you do with the money? And I think as long as you aren't in, like, it's the love of money when you start to study different things, right? And so, um, I mean, I've been in Nicaragua multiple times and built houses for, for kids and, and families down there personally with my, not only my own money, but my own effort, my own sweat equity, um, you know, self-funded. I, I've done cool things here and I don't normally talk a lot about that, but like without money, like you're not going to do that. You can't get on an airplane and go to a different country, let alone buy the house, but also give your time to build the house yeah. if you're tied to a nine to five. It's just not going to happen. Right. And so... You know, I think as long as initially, because entrepreneurs normally initially chase the money mm-hmm. and they chase the cars and the girls and the parties and the yachts and whatever. And, and that's fine as long as that's only the initial phase. Because then yeah. what I see it happen a lot of times, which is, which is good, is that they chase the money. Then once they start to make the money, their focus starts to shift. Yep. So as long as that's just like the initial chase, like the initial factor, then so be it. I don't think we should like tell people that's a bad thing any longer. Because that's what we all did. Like back in the network marketing days, it was always about like the watch and the cars and the girls. And eventually, looking back at my life, that all changed now for me. Mm-hmm. You know, now like I mean, at one point, like I, I sold my exotic car. I'll probably get another one eventually. But like a lot of that stuff isn't a necessity to me anymore. Yeah. And back in the day, I would have thought that that was the only thing that would have ever made me happy. Mm-hmm. And here I sit, like selling the car at a profit because I'm a businessman, mm-hmm. and it didn't make me any more or less happy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So to the big goals, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, my goals are like billionaire, right? Yeah. I want to be a billionaire I want, with a B. I, I want to I want to own the jet. I want to change the world. I want to change millions of lives. Like whatever that higher calling is, I, I want to have abundance in all areas, right? I want to master life. I want to do things that um, challenge me, you know, like uh, right now, I, if anybody can tell, I, I have a bit of a lisp with my S's. Mm-hmm. And it's never bothered me. It's still not to this day. I don't care what people think yeah. at all, but I like the challenge. So like I hired a speech therapist. 
at 23, right? Most speech yeah. therapists, I, I took my assistant like 20, she had to call like 20, because <laughs> they normally only work with kids. Yeah. But I was so fired up, right? And I want to learn how to play the piano, I want to I wanna skydive, I want to learn a new language. Uh, so now it's, it's those type of things that I'm after, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us now about how you started expanding into all these different verticals because you, you got out of network marketing. At this point, you're doing like real estate, you're doing social media, you're doing a bunch of different things. Like fill in the gap there between like when you got out, when you got out of that and when you got into all these things. Yep. So 19, I got into real estate. Okay. Um, that was like wow. right at the beginning of 19. So I was probably, I just turned 19. Maybe even like the last month of me being 18. And um, you know, I got into wholesaling, if anybody's mm. familiar with it. Um, I paid Cody Sperber, the clever investor at the mm -hmm. time. I didn't know necessarily who Cody was. I just paid the company. Okay. So he wasn't like my mentor. He had a company that had mentors. Huh. So you paid the company. You didn't get Cody. You got somebody else. Okay. And, um, you know, it took me nine months to close my first deal. Wow. Right. So it wasn't overnight. Uh, it was a lot of pain, a lot of agony, a lot of wasted money. Yeah. Not wasted, but like a lot of money that I, looking back, I mean, I could have done it faster and better and easier, but you know, you have to go through those things, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, one thing kind of led to the next. I eventually got my real estate license, obviously. Um, I became, I think it was like rookie, rookie of the year, that first year as a real estate agent. Wow. And so, you know, that was big. And then um, it just kind of, it, it started to just kind of snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Like I've always been, I've always just wanted multiple streams of income. And so, uh, I mean, we haven't talked at all about the failures yet, right? Yeah. So when I say I've owned four or five companies, there was another four or five that didn't pan out. Sure. Right. And so, you know, the, it just, one thing kind of led to the next and, um, yeah. And, and here I am. And for me, it's just now about like systematizing automation, right? People and processes. I think that everyone's trying to do everything at once as a millennial right now. Mm. They want to do Shopify and Amazon FBA yeah. and YouTube and they want to be an Instagram influencer <laughs> and SMMA and real estate and insurance. And it's like, whoa, 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 like slow down. Right. Yeah. Because that's what I call like shiny toilet syndrome <laughs> or shiny object syndrome, whatever. And, um, you know, there, you can do all of that once you get to a point where it, once you do the second thing, it doesn't take away from the first thing. Yeah. The only way to do that is to buy more time. Hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that concept. Yeah. Right? Talk to us about that. Yeah. I mean, so like for me, I have a huge team of people. I mean, it, Clearly, it, yeah. relative <laughs> to myself, not comparing it to anybody else. No, right? absolutely. Just relative to where I came from. Um, so, you know, I have a full-time salaried assistant, right? I pay her, you know, a lot of money mm -hmm. uh, on a, just as a salary basis. She works 12 hours a day. So wow. let's just take that for example. And I won't even name anybody else. Uh, you take her, let's say she works 10 to 12 hours a day and I work, let's just, for easy figuring, let's say she works 12 and I work 12. Mm -hmm. And she's me because I got her so good at her job that she's actually capable of sending emails on my behalf, answering phone calls on my behalf, sending text messages and doing everything that I could do at about a 90 or 95% success rate that I would do it at. So you now, uh, Austin Zabak now works 24 hours a day because I just bought that time, yep. right? So then you take a full-time videographer and he works 12 hours a day. Austin Zabak now works 36. You take five more, like you start to see where the average person works eight hours a day, I work 100. Mm. How fast can you get things done and how much of it can you do at that level, right? And so that's the key, but it's not like that in the beginning, right? Because in the beginning, in order to get to that point, you've got to master something. Yeah. I had to master real estate, right? Before I could start anything else. I had to have the money, the bandwidth, the resources, the, the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to not only train other people, but hire other people and to do all of that simultaneously in such a way where it wouldn't take away from that main thing while I was trying to do the second or the third thing. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest indicator, right? If you're, if you're trying to do a second or third thing and those numbers drop at all, I mean, even 1% from that first thing, you shifted too early. Hmm. Yeah. 
So one thing that I'm super curious about is like you had already seen a lot of success in network marketing. What made you stick with real estate for nine months before you closed your first yeah. deal? I, I'm just that way, right? Like I, it's funny you <laughs> ask. I was in the steam room this morning. My videographer sitting behind me, he actually came to the steam room with me and he would attest to this. This guy walks in about the same time as me uh-huh. in the steam room. And um, I normally only sit in the steam room about 20 minutes. Okay. okay. And he walks in and he's sitting there, sitting there right next to me. And about a half hour goes by and he's still sitting there and I can't leave. I'm just like, <laughs> we both came in. I, I, totally straight, like a random guy. Right? I've never yeah, met him yeah, in my life. Yeah. I ended up sitting there for 42 minutes because he had to leave before me. I wasn't like, I wasn't going to, I was willing to like literally faint in the steam room, <laughs> right? Because I was not going to let this guy sit in there longer than I was. And so that's kind of what it is for me. I, I'm very competitive. Um, you know, and, and I, like Andy Frisella reminds me a lot of me, hmm. right? Like I'm not afraid to say that like I am competitive and I, and you know, there's going to be a lot of soft people out there that are like, well, that could be a bad thing. And like, yeah, so can donuts, you know, like so can anything. Right. And so I think it's just some, at some point being okay with who you are hmm. and, um, willing to accept that. And so for me, like once I had committed to real estate, there was no quitting for me. Like there never has been right. Hmm. I'm not a quitter by nature. And I have, even if it even if I knew, and I actually have a couple of businesses right now where they're not profitable, okay. but I, I refuse to quit because I have to prove to myself that I can do it, even if they just all break even, right? Huh. Like I just have to get them to a point where like I, I knew that I did everything I could in my power to get them to a point where they were at least, I could at least go to sleep at night and know that uh, I did everything I could, right? And so that was it for me. That was why I stuck in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have there ever been times where that's been like a detriment to you or like mm-hmm. places where that's run you astray? Yep. Sure. Yeah. I've lost a lot of money in a lot of different ventures. Um, but like my mentor, uh, I have a mentor that's worth about $900 million um, and he does some, a lot of brick and mortar stuff. Okay. And he told me one time about five years ago, he said, Austin, he said, I have two business partners. Mm-hmm. And he said, over the last three decades, he said, we followed one simple principle. He said, we start 20 businesses. He said about seven of them ever make any money. Um, so 13 of them fail yeah. completely, okay. right? And he said of the seven, about four of them do okay and three of them take off. Hmm. He said out of those three, they make so much money that the other 17 are completely irrelevant because the three just annihilate the world, right? Hmm. And he said he's just followed that. He's just rinse and repeat that model. And um, that's what it's been for me, right? The, the businesses that I failed and lost money in, yeah, it was a loss. For sure, uh, but the learning lessons I think are what people forget and how valuable those are, right? And then I took those learning lessons and the pieces that I left on the floor to start the new companies that have gone on to make seven, eight, or even nine figures. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us about expanding from real estate. So you mm-hmm. got in real estate, you started having some success with that. Um, what came next? Yeah. Um, so I think I went from, and I'll have to think about it pretty hard here. I've done a lot. I did, I dabbled a lot in cryptocurrency. It wasn't like a business, but I had money in a lot of different, not even just coins, but like companies as a whole and mining platforms and, um, trading platforms and stuff like that. Um, so I did, I dabbled a lot in that. I did, you know, again, there was two different types of real estate that I was doing, right? So I actually had two businesses in the real estate industry, which was one was traditionally, I was an agent, okay. by, like representing buyers yeah. and sellers. And the other was I was wholesaling, mm-hmm. which I was just, you know, people don't know what wholesaling is, they could go probably look that sure. up. Um, and then, you know, I got into, I started like an exotic car rental company at one point. Hmm. 
Uh, I had a golf cart limousine company here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, right? And just some other odds and ends stuff. Um, and all, ultimately, that all kind of led me to where I'm at today. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into like the social media side of things because a lot of our younger listeners are interested in that. And now what you're doing with a legacy is um, very in the social media space. So talk to us first about what a legacy marketing is. Okay. So legacy marketing started out as Instagram growth. Okay. That's all it was. Um, and about a year and a half ago, that was great. That was phenomenal. Everybody needed it. And don't get me wrong. Everybody still needs it. Sure. However, over the last year and a half, we've started to evolve. We, mm-hmm. We've started to see, um, we see a trend in the marketplace that that industry isn't going anywhere. It's here to stay, right? Yeah. Like as a marketing as a whole. Yeah. And so now we're, we're shifting gears into full-blown marketing agency. Hmm. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wow. we'll build funnels. Um, we'll do Shopify. We'll do logo, graphic design. We, we're a full-blown ad agency. Uh, and then we still do all the Instagram growth, right? And we're still, I guess, what they would call like quote-unquote influencers. Um, so that's kind of what a legacy's turned into. And obviously we're still expanding. We're not perfect and we never will be, right? Yeah. But we're, we're one day at a time. We're learning, we're growing, and we're evolving. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to the younger listener now who might want to um, start growing their social platforms. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most important things that they need to keep in mind when they're just starting off and building that foundation? Consistency. Okay. Right? Like everybody, it, consistency and understanding why you're doing it in the first place, I yeah. think. Right? Because here, here's what I see. The number one thing I see is people say, Austin, what's the ROI? If I invest 100, what's the ROI? Like they want to look at it in a spreadsheet. Yeah. You're analytical people, right? And immediately I shut that down. I'm like, you're, you're completely insane if you think that you're going to get a direct ROI on this. Because <laughs> you're dealing with other human beings, right? So number one is, yeah, consistency. But number two is understanding that with that consistency, there is no direct ROI. Mm. And if you, can, if you couple those together, you'll eventually be massively successful. And what I mean by that is, let's put it this way. Let's, like, let's simplify it, right? Sure. I met you on Instagram, okay? Uh, which is accurate, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we, we're now doing a podcast. You're, you're in my house. You've been in my office. We're, we, we have a relationship now. Yeah. So we took what, what was on Instagram, took it to DMs. Mm-hmm. Then we took it to, I believe, text messages. Yep. And then to real life. Yep. Right? And now here we are. Here we are. And who knows where this will go. Yeah. And so I'm 23. I'm about to be 24. Who's to say that when I'm 50 years old, you're not going to call me and say, hey, Zayback, we did a podcast 30 years ago. Do you remember me? And I say, yeah. We haven't talked for 30 years. Let's just assume for whatever reason. Sure. You're like, hey, man, I just thought of a $100 million or a billion dollar business idea. And I've seen what you've done over the last 30 years for whatever. I've seen it from afar. Sure. Are you interested in investing? And in that moment, I say yes. Mm-hmm. And now I take my fortune from, let's say, with $1 billion or whatever it is. Sure. And I double it. Mm-hmm. Because 30 years prior, we <laughs> met on Instagram. So it took 30 years to get an ROI on that. Let's just assume, yeah. right? That nothing else happened for 30 years. Yep. Or let's take it a step further. Let's say that I'm laying in my deathbed at 75 and I'm, I, I have a, a, some weird disease, right? I haven't talked to you in that long and I'm about to die. And because what I do a lot of times, I pitch people, I say, you, you're not going to know the ROI to the day you die <laughs> or until you're laying on your deathbed. But what if you show up on my deathbed five minutes before death and you say, dude, I've spent the last 60 years developing a cure for the exact disease that you have. We met on Instagram 70 years ago, mm. right? And here you are. What's the ROI on that? So the way that I look at it is invest without the expectation of receiving. As long as your expectations aren't set, you'll always be happy. The only reason that people in life aren't happy is because it's relative to some expectation that they've set, right? So like if you're married to a woman or or a guy Mm -hmm. and you're not happy in that relationship, it's 100% of the time is because your expectation is something else. Yeah. So you see something on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube you think that you think in your mind for whatever reason that that particular person should be some type of way and they're not living up to that expectation that you've set for them. 
And it's the same with anything, right? It's the same with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. And so if your expectation is that you should have a direct ROI and you don't, you're unhappy every, every single time, right? And so that is where people get trapped. People get trapped in trying to live like the Logan Pauls and the, and the Jay Alvarez's and the Jake Pauls and the Lexus Brands of the world. And that, first of all, you don't even know, unless you know them personally, you have zero idea what living their life is actually like. So why would you set an expectation to live a life that you don't even know truly would make you happy? Mm. And that goes to the third point that I was talking about a little while ago, which is what, what are you doing it for in the first place? You know, and I think if you can nail those three things, I think that you'll be able to invest in social media in such a way where um, abundance and happiness will always remain co a constant in your life. Mm. Yeah. Straight up. So how do you balance that lack of expectation with like making sure that you're not just like throwing money in the toilet or throwing money at things that don't actually work? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that is going to be a per situation basis. Sure. I mean, don't ever spend your last dime on something <laughs> that isn't going to give you money tomorrow. Yeah. Like that's pretty obvious, right? So like when you look at the richest people in the world, take your Warren Buffetts and stuff, you know, like when they invest now, Warren Buffett, like let's just assume, I don't know exactly, but he's worth somewhere around 70 or 80 billion, I would imagine. Okay. Um, he wouldn't go invest 70 or 80 billion in one investment, yeah. right? Like it just doesn't make any sense. So he might invest, I don't know, 1%, 5%, 10%, whatever that model is, right? And that's the same with anybody. So I think, you know, you invest what you're comfortable with and what you're comfortable with not getting back right now, mm. you know? So invest what you, you're willing to invest and know that the expectation is somewhere in the future. It's not that you'll never get an ROI. I'm just saying you don't know when it's going to come. You will, if done properly, get an ROI on every dime that you spend and probably 10, 20, or 100 fold. And it's going to come through something random though. It's not going to yeah. be like, it's going to come from another human or it's going to come from a random business idea or somebody DM'd you because they've been following you for two years and now they need to buy a house and you're a real estate agent and you've been building a relationship for two years. You didn't even know you were building, yeah. right? So like, it's, it's just going to come out of the blue. And that's kind of what I mean by not having a specific timeline for when that's going to appear. Okay. So yep. a lot of the stuff you just mentioned has to do with relationships. So I'm curious if you have any advice to the younger listener, maybe like 16, 17, 18 years old, who wants to get started building out their network, connecting with some high level individuals. What would you say are some of the best first steps to get started mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. Um, you know, again, it, it's all about like, we live in a world where perception is reality. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, one of the reasons that our marketing company was so successful when we just did Instagram growth is we, I mastered the art of explaining people, explaining to people uh, that concept. Because hmm. right? a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, as human beings, especially in the world that we live in today, and I'll just use Instagram for example, because yeah, it's, sure. it's easy, right? Everybody has one. Uh, when you go on somebody's profile, whether you do it subconsciously or consciously, the first thing you look at is, Number one, how many people are they followed by? Yeah. How many, AKA, how many followers do they have? And then really quick, again, probably on a subconscious level, you glance at their content, their bio, their name, and their profile picture. Yeah. And that all happens within, let's just call it a one to two second time span. Yeah. And a lot of the times you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah. And if somebody has 150,000 followers and they're verified, mm -hmm. in that moment, you make a decision, again, subconsciously or consciously, to talk to that person. Yeah. And what was that decision actually, actually based off of, right? It was based off of the fact that you assumed in your world that somebody with that amount of followers must know what they're doing mm. in some way, shape, or form. Very true. Whether it be a food page yep. or a, a car page or whatever. You, you're like, they cracked the code in some area <laughs> of the life, right? Yeah. And so, therefore, you interact with that person on some level. And I, I do it, you do it, we all do yeah. it. And so, if you can crack that code on, on gaining that perceived value to the marketplace and then start to network because people will take you way more seriously. So many people have 400 followers on Instagram mm. and they reach out to the guy with 100K and they say the same damn thing. 
and influencers are over it, right? I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, hey, like your whole life story in 17 paragraphs. You know, I'm 14, my mom's this, my dad's this, you know, uh, I, I mow lawns, you know, uh, can't, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, it's like, well, stop talking about it and start doing it. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I would go with that is like, hey, look, like, why don't you add value instead of just ask? Hmm. Everyone's just asking for shit. And it's like add value to the marketplace. Even, even influencers like myself and you probably, um, eight out of 10 of my stories, I'm just providing value. Yeah. I'm motivating people. I'm getting people fired up. Or maybe it's uh, value uh, mixed like with value and uh, entertainment. Maybe I'm being funny or yeah. something like that. And then maybe two out of 10 or one out of 10, I'll do like a takeaway or like an ask. Like I'll hmm. ask my followers for something. But it's not a nine out of 10 yeah. or a 10 out of 10. Yeah. So why would you do that in the DMs mm. or in real life? Mm. You know, and so that's kind of my first thing is like, just give value and, and I've done it, right? Like back in the day, um, you know, when I was doing like those wholesale deals initially, uh, I eventually started working underneath Cody Sperber, but Cody wasn't my direct go-to. Yeah. He had a guy that would like tell me what to do and I wasn't working for them and I wasn't even necessarily working with them. They would just kind of give me leads hmm. and I was very good at closing them and I would go close them. Well, what I started to find out was they were making like, 50 to 100 grand sometimes in some scenarios on certain deals and I would make like one to two grand. Hmm. And so in my own head, I could have been like everybody millennial watching or listening to this right now that would be like in three deals, they'd be over it, right? They would say something, they would get loud mouthed and they would open their mouth and be like, you making 50 grand, I'm making two, <laughs> screw you, like blah, 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 right? And I never said that. I just worked. I put my head down. Two years went by where they made millions of dollars. I made, you know, 50 or 100 grand and I didn't say anything ever. And then eventually I get a call from Sperber, you know, at 21 or 22 years old. And he says, hey, you made me millions of dollars. Um, you know, I've seen you from, I had never talked to him my entire life. Wow. He's like, I've seen you from afar for the last two years, grind your freaking face off. He says, uh, I just had a, a business like relationship, partnership kind of fall apart. Do you want to be my business partner? Right. And then everything changed again. And, and again, there was another shifting point in my life. Right. Mm. I had done well, but I hadn't done that well. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always been like and there's a quote floating around where it says, uh, do do like what others aren't willing to do now. So later you can live a life like others can't. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Like go. And I think Gary Vee talks about it. Yeah. Go just work intern. Like just put in the grind. Don't ask for anything ever like just just wait like just it, like everybody that's listening to this is probably under the age of 25 for the yeah. most part like 95 percent of yeah. the audience right and i don't know for sure but i'm just guessing and so you we're, everyone's like we're we're young even me right you it's like yeah. what are you in a rush like what where's the fire if you're 18 and listening to this and you think that within the next three months you need to make a million dollars well don't get me wrong anything's possible it's not that realistic yeah right and so just kind of remembering that Absolutely. Yeah. And like you never know who's watching too. Right. Like you didn't know that Cody Spurber was watching mm -hmm. that whole time. You were just working yep. because you wanted to work and you mm -hmm. wanted to get better and you wanted to like hone your craft. Yep. Like that's that's the biggest thing. And people are always like thinking about who's watching them or like not doing like when I was working at jobs, I always saw people slacking off until the boss walked in and then they started working hard. Yep. And I'm like, no, like I was working hard the whole time mm -hmm. because like you I, I don't know, I don't know. That's that's my two cents. I about. totally get the concept. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct. Like especially in today's world. Yeah. You just have no idea. You know, I've done deals with people from where I had a follower that was 14 and everybody in the world would have like just been like, that's a bad follower. <laughs> and that 14 year old had an uncle who had a brother who had a house that was worth $3 million and she had been fought. Like seriously, this has happened to me. And it was like, I traced it all back at the end of it. I'm like, okay, shit, I just made 60 grand on one deal. And it came from a 14 year old Hispanic girl that followed me for two years. 
Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like you just never know. Straight up. Yep. So how do you how do you sort of think about the role that social media plays in your different businesses? Because I know a lot of people, uh, myself included, sometimes feel like social media um, it, it's a beneficial tool, but it can also be something that is like super distracting. So yeah. how do you think about the role of social media? You said like you'll go on your stories and provide value, so clearly it's a way for you to like interact with your audience. But like how do you think about and, and sort of balance like social media in real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I actually just talked to Cody about this the other day. Okay. Um, he's one of my mentors. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that, right? Like, cause a lot of people are different in person than they are on, on social media. And I just do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not perfect. And I don't think anybody is. Um, I just try to maintain, first of all, I think that if you are different on, on social media than you are in real life, it's because you've convinced yourself that like your ego has gotten too big for your own good Mm -hmm. because of social media. Right. So like you, you see all these followers and stuff and therefore in real life, almost you even think you're you're too good for everybody. Straight and up. I think it's just trying to maintain that ego, right? Like trying to um, humble yourself yeah. and to realize that like, you know, yeah, I mean like, don't get me wrong. Like you're right. Like um, social media is kind of like a social currency and there's definitely value to that. And on some level, like you, you deserve to have more conviction and more confidence when you have a large following because there's a reason that you have that following normally. Yeah. But it doesn't like mean it doesn't give you the right to like be a dick or to like yeah. treat people bad, right? Like everybody deserves to be treated good, and so um, yeah, I just think that like you know as long as you just do the best that you can and provide value, like again, like what like we talked about a little while ago, like why are you doing it? Hmm. Like are you just doing it for money and like status and ego and like whatever, or do you actually care about helping other people? I mean, for me, like I genuinely love helping other people. I, I get this weird, like, I have this weird passion, right? Where like I love to do this right here, where I'm yeah. talking to Mike, uh, and I think in some cases I think it makes me better. It forces me to think and pivot on my toes and like think you know outside of the box and think really fast and move. And um, and I think there's another hundred reasons on top of that that I like doing it. Right? Yeah. I think I like watching other people grow and evolve. And I think you know whatever. So for me, I just kind of do it. And then obviously, yeah, like I'll be the first to admit there is monetary gain there. Yeah. And I think as long as you understand that. Um, you know, you, you'll be fine, right? Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. Austin, you've been providing a ridiculous amount of value to our listeners so far. I'm extremely grateful for that. I do have some questions that yeah. I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up. So you feeling ready for those? I'm ready. Awesome. The first of which is what is something that genuinely has Austin Zabeck excited right now? Could be in your business, in the wider realm of, of social media, real estate, or anything that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal question. Um, you know, I'm really excited about, I, I, we're in an apartment right now for everybody that can't see, it's just listening. Uh, very nice apartment, one of the nicest oh, yeah. apartment complexes in Arizona. But I've, I've always wanted uh, to buy my, a house, right? I do real estate, everyone's like, why don't you own yeah. this? I'm like, for the, my reason for a long time was because I wanted to be nimble. I yeah. wanted to be able to move. You know, I'm always, I'm, I travel a lot, I'm all over the place. Um, but I kind of want to do what like Jake Paul did with like entrepreneurs a little bit, on a small scale, not yeah. on a big scale. But you know, move like my videographer in with me and a couple of other people maybe. and. And really just have like a cool environment for like the next five years yeah. in a house and, and do a bunch of businesses similar to like what Ricky's kind of done. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm very excited for that. I think like January is when my lease is up. So I'll probably do a house like out here in Paradise Valley uh, for those people that are familiar with Arizona. And then the other things are I, I'm really focused right now a lot on like me as a person. I think we talked a little while ago about like um, the speech therapy and the, yeah. the new language and, um, you know, like working out, eating healthier. Uh, just the little things, right? Like getting more systematized, hmm. getting like my the energy right in all areas of my life. I'm a big energy guy, okay. so like everything's got to be like my car's got to be clean, my house's got to be clean, my laundry's got to be done. Hmm. Um, 
I don't want to give energy to the wrong things, huh. right? So it's truly like that true mastery of life is what I'm after right now. Like all areas, right? Like how do I, and, and it's never perfect by the way. Yeah. Like anytime you start getting really good physically, you slack a little bit somewhere else, right? Or you get really good. You spend a lot of time with your family. You know, your business might like kind of turn a little bit. So just understand that like it's never perfect. Ed Milet talks about that a lot. Yeah. Like balance isn't really a real thing. You're always in the pursuit of it. Um, but that's that's what it is for me right now. Yeah. What do you mean by giving energy to bad things? Yeah, great question. Um, so for me, you know, like things take energy, right? Yeah. So like for instance, and and it'll be different for everybody. But like I'm the kind of guy where if I know that my car is dirty, mm-hmm. just knowing that it's dirty will bother me, even if I'm not driving it, hmm. because I just I, I it's dirty. Like and I knew that I got out of my car and there was water bottles and like it hadn't been washed. It's dirty. And that will actually take a toll on my life, right? Like when I'm not even looking at the car or in the car, around the car. So that's like an example, right? I'm giving energy to that. When that same energy could be given to something productive, something that would make me more money or help help the world or myself in a better way. And so that, you know, it could be, um, it could be a bad friend, right? It could be a bad relationship. It could be, uh, it could be anything, but but a lot of people understand the bad friends and the bad relationships. And I want people to take that a step further. And what else could be bad, Mm. right? Could it be the little things like, are your fingernails too long and you give energy to that? Like you're biting your nails all day. Like what are those little things in life that you could truly perfect that you've been giving energy to? And it might not be big, right? It could be small, but add all those things up, right? Add, take a hundred little things that you're giving energy to all day long. When, if everything was perfect, if you woke up in the morning and you had your meals prepped, right? You didn't have to give energy to like, oh my God, I forgot salt and pepper at the, at the store, right? If you, have the, if you have the money, get your meals prepped, right? Then now you can take that same amount of time and energy and focus it elsewhere. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. It's like, okay, why am I putting gas in my own car hmm. when somebody else can do that? Why do I take my own car to get a wash? Why do I cook my own food, right? Why do I do my own laundry, do my own dry cleaning? Like all of that is energy given to the wrong place, in my opinion, huh. unless you enjoy it. Yeah. That would be the only exception. So if you're one of those pers- people where um, doing your laundry is good for you, as a, like mentally, like that's something you enjoy, then do it, right? Yeah. Of course. I'm not saying like don't do things that you enjoy. However, if it's not enjoyable to you and you still do it and you can afford to outsource it or figure out a way to truly systematize it, then I would figure that out. Straight up. Like yeah. I stopped going to the grocery store like a mm-hmm. year ago just because I realized like this isn't a good use of like 30 minutes of right. my time and I could just pay someone like $5 mm-hmm. to deliver my groceries. Like, yep. is that not worth it? Yep. Obviously. Exactly. And a lot of my friends are like, why are you paying for your groceries? <laughs> I'm like, because I don't want to spend 30 yeah. minutes at the grocery store. It's exactly. like not something that I enjoy. I don't get value out of that. And take that same 30 minutes and, and could you make the $5 back? If the answer is yes, then outsource it. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So um, do you have any habits that are served particularly well either in your business or your lifestyle? Yeah, I do. Many, many habits. Um, I would say my biggest one, and all my friends would tell you uh, time and time again, and if they were listening to this right now, they'll tell you before I even say it. (laughs) And that is I'm an early riser. Okay. And it doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I've trained my body. I go to bed at three o'clock in the morning. I'm up at five. Wow. So for me, going to bed later just means I get less sleep. Yeah. I did it to myself, right? Yeah. I can't complain about it. So uh, I, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day of my life. Okay. And uh, if I don't, it's because I'm sick or something weird's going on, you know, whatever, right? Sure. Uh, but I'm an early riser and that's my time. That's my time where I have the most energy. Nobody's bothering me. My, no emails are coming in. No phone calls are coming in. And I get to meditate, right? I get to do that morning routine. I get to meditate. I get to read. I get to have my, my time where I get to do like IMs, maybe like uh, gratitude stuff. I get to write down, you know, just all kinds of different things. Maybe it's journaling, whatever it is for, for the people listening, obviously. 
And uh, that is one of my biggest habits that I've like kind of acquired over the years. Huh. Obviously, I have others, you know, for yeah. sure. But um, I, I, there's nothing for if I wake up at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. It's a bad day. And don't get me wrong, yeah. like I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I can shift straight up, it, and like I can make it better. But yeah. it, I'll still go to bed that night and regret not waking up at five. I, dude, I'm so on the same yep. wavelength with you. Like, yep. like everything you said just resonated yeah. so much with me because that's that I'm in the exact same way. Dude, it's it's insane, and you don't understand it until you do it. Yeah. And for the record, really quick too, um, all of the ecom guys and stuff, that, and got everyone that just does online stuff. You too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the number one thing that I think as millennials. Um, you know, I'm doing me wrong. I love the online world. I do. I have multiple businesses in the online world. However, um, you know. You, you've never, like, the guys that are making, like, the guys that fly the jets, that own the jets, yeah. that don't just rent them, they own brick and mortar. They, they do other things. They don't just do Shopify. Yeah. Like, so at some point, all these guys that do Shopify and Amazon, that's a great starting place, but eventually you're going to pivot into new things because yep. that's what entrepreneurs do, right? Yep. And guess what? The rest of the world, like, I feel like sometimes entrepreneurs, we want the world to shift as fast as social media has shifted. The reality of it is all of the 40, 50, and 60-year-old billionaires still wear a suit and tie. They still wake up at 5 a.m. And you're not going to tell them to wear a sweatshirt. And you're not going to tell them to sleep in. It's just not going to happen. And they're not going anywhere for another couple of decades. Hmm. So either get used to it or don't. But I'm telling you, you're missing out if you think you can just wear a sweatshirt and wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning every day. <laughs> you just are. You're, you're only connecting with people your age. And yeah, that's a big deal. And it's a good portion of it. Yeah. But I'm telling you, those, that older demographic, they have a lot of money that they could give you if you could master how to get in a relationship with them. Straight up, could so, not agree more, could yeah. not agree more. So I know you're putting out a lot of content across all your social media channels. Is there any content you're consuming, whether that's audiobooks, podcasts, uh, physical books, YouTube channels? Sure, yeah, the answer is definitely yes. Um, I My goal is to read a book a week. Okay. Sometimes I slack a little bit sure. and I try my best. Um, but yeah, I try to read about a book a week and then I try to do a podcast a day. Okay. Podcasting for me is easy or like not like having my own, but like listening yeah. to one is easy because uh, that's something I do at the gym, in the gym or in the car mm -hmm. or um, as crazy as it sounds. And for the listeners, like I'm going to try to be as real as I can on this podcast, yeah. like find times where like you can't do anything else. And like, I'll just get real. Like if you're in the bathroom, like getting ready or you're like literally taking a dump, like whatever you're doing. And I know that's like real and raw. But it's like, what are you doing? Are you just staring at the paint? Yeah. Or for everyone listening, they're probably on Instagram. Yeah. Like, listen to a podcast. You know, if you're in the shower, get a little Bluetooth speaker and crank it up a little bit so you can hear it through, like, the shower head and, like, learn and grow and, and find that time where it's like there's nothing else you could be doing anyways. Yeah. So you may as well learn. Sure. You may as well grow and you may as well evolve. Yeah. What are some of the better books that you've read for, for a younger listener? Uh, gosh, that's a really tough one. <laughs> or just recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... You know, obviously, like the main ones, right? Like your your Napoleon Hills, like your yeah. law, the Law of Success and stuff like that. But then I, I really like like Dale Carnegie's um, the one where it's like how to win friends and influence yeah. people. That's phenomenal. I think psychology is very important, and I think a lot of people under the age of like twenty five or thirty don't understand it as well as they could. Mm. Myself included, obviously. Yeah. Like nobody's perfect, but you know, when you listen to Tony Robbins' story, Tony Robbins actually claims, and I, don't quote me because I don't know exactly at what age, but I almost want to say it was before he turned twenty that he had read 600 or 700 books all on psychology, like human psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, right? Stuff like that. Yeah. And that, again, don't quote me, but it was right around that number. Yeah. That is a lot of freaking books yeah. all on the same topic or wow. similar topics. Why do you think he's so good with people? He can get somebody to do what he wants them to do and make them think it was their idea. Yep. That's sales, yep. right? Like if you don't understand sales, that's the definition of it. Get somebody to do what you want them to do, make them think it was their idea and make them enjoy the process. 
Not only make them think it was their idea, make them get done with the process of buying from you and be glad they did in the first place. Hmm. Right? If you can master that, you're onto something. And so those are a couple of really good books. I mean, obviously, like your Grant Cardone, sure. you know, or, uh, 10X Rule, stuff yep. like that. Yeah. All very sure. good books. All right. One thing that I'm always super curious about as well is the things that my guests do that don't scale. So one thing, just give you some context of what I'm talking about here. Um, every single day I'll go on Instagram and look at my list of new followers in the last 24 hours, pick like five to 10 people randomly, pull on my phone, shoot a quick video message saying like, Hey, Austin, how's it going? Thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can add value to anything that you're doing. Have a wonderful day. Super simple like that. It's not something that I bring one of my VAs on to just like send out all day yeah. um, because I want it to be the start of like a one-on-one conversation with the people that I'm actually like reaching with my message. So is there any Anything that comes to mind for you that you choose to keep that personal, like one-on-one touch, Austin Zabeck, like feel to it um, that, that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I definitely like, I'm a, I'm a big, um, as crazy as it sounds, like Facebook. Huh. And like, you know, only because like, and, and I'll, let me explain. Like, so yeah. Facebook is like the initial point. So like what I'll do is every day it, says, it talks about people's birthdays mm-hmm. and it tells you whose birthday it is. So what I'll do is I'll go through that list mm-hmm. and basically anybody that I personally know mm-hmm. on that list I won't wish them a happy birthday on their Facebook profile because okay. I know them, right? So okay. I'll, I'll go into my phone and I'll do, if I actually know them, I'll pull out my phone, I'll record a video huh. and I'll say, what's going on, man? Happy birthday. You know, uh, so like whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever that is. And then I'll send them a text message with that video, huh. right? Or, or FaceTime or something. And then if it's somebody that I don't know as well, then obviously I'll write on their timeline okay. or maybe I'll find them on Instagram, which happy birthday there. Huh. So that's like big for me. Um, you know, people that are close in my sphere of influence, yeah. every day I call. Huh. Right, and so not everybody in one day, but like let's say I have a hundred people in my in my sphere overall between all my teams. You know, I might take a hundred divided by seven days a week, and I might call thirteen or whatever number that is per day. Wow. And at some point during the day, whether I'm driving down the road, whatever, I'll make it a point to just pick up my phone, call that person for five minutes, and I'll say, "How's it going? What are you doing today? What's moving the needle in your life? You know, how are you getting closer to your goals, and what can I help you with?" Hmm. Right, and and I'll try to do that every day. And so it's just remembering that. Um, at the end of the day, social media and all of this stuff is much more than a follower. These are all human beings. Yep. And if you gained 300 followers last month, you gained 300 connections and 300 relationships, and that's a lot of people. Yeah. Put 300 people in a room, yeah. right? I think people forget because they, we just get so used to seeing these numbers oh. all day, right? And it's like, start to actually think about how many people that is. Yeah. Like, if you're reaching out to all those people, that's a lot of connections. Straight yep. up. I was so guilty of that, yeah. man. Like I just had a huge disconnect between like the numbers right. and, and people yep. and bring myself back to that has been extremely like empowering and really just like brought me back to like why I'm actually doing what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So well, I'm look at how it works man. when you do it, right? Look at this right now, this yeah. interview and for everyone listening, like they can't see, but you know, again, it goes back to what we talked about. Like this is all because you reached out to me straight up. It was that simple, yeah. you know? And, um, and that's all anybody wants, you know, and every human on the planet is the same, right? They want they want to know that they're important yeah. at the end of the day and, and that people care. And so when you reach out and you care, like as long as you're doing it authentically, I think. See, a lot of people, they reach out and they want to make the sale in the first DM. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. hundred percent. Austin, man, thank you so much for your time, dude. I really appreciate yeah. it. Where can our listeners go if they've been enjoying the mass amount of value you've been dropping? Want to learn more about you, a legacy, what you're doing in real estate? Like where should our listeners go to follow up with you at? For, for sure. It's at Austin Zabak. Okay. So A-U-S-T-I-N uh, Z-A-B-A-C-K on everywhere. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and nobody in the world has my last name, so you shouldn't find if <laughs> if somebody else is popping up, it's one of those fake accounts or something like that. <laughs> awesome, so, yeah, for sure. Well, I will link that up in the show notes in case our listeners yeah. forget how to spell. Um, but Austin, do you have any last closing thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to close out the show with here today? For sure. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's just a matter of like I think my final thought, and this goes for everybody, and something that everybody can take away is just to work hard. Hmm. I think everybody thinks that they have to know everything. 
And I find myself guilty of it too, right? Where I got to read more, I got to do more, I got to learn more, I got to grow more, I got to have more mentors, I got to like, you know, figure all this out before I do X, Y, and Z. And I think at the end of the day, if you just work hard, like you'll make up for all of the lack that you have in the, the smarts, right? And like, I'm not the smartest person. And anybody listening to this, like I really want that to like settle in. You know, I know we talked about it in the beginning of the, of the podcast interview, but um, like I'm just genuinely not. Like when it comes to like numbers and analytics and stuff like that, like I'm good with it. But in all honesty, like I'm better off outsourcing it. Hmm. But what I have done my whole life is I've outworked almost anybody that I've come in contact with. And that has been the biggest deciding factor in where I'm at today. And so I think if you just work hard at anything for a long enough period of time, you're going to be successful. And I think anybody that like tries to disagree with that is giving them some excuse. Like they're giving, like they're placing self-limiting beliefs on their own life. And yeah. I think if you truly looked at yourself in the mirror and were honest with yourself, you would know that I was, I was being honest too. And I was telling the truth with that. So uh, just hustle, just grind, have some patience. You know, no, nothing happens overnight. You're going to fail a lot along the way. Failure is a good thing. Uh, fail forward. Right? Straight up. Yeah. Massive action feel forward. Uh-huh. I love it. Austin, thank you so much yeah. for your time. I appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, and thank you again for having me. Obviously, everybody that's listening right now, uh, you guys are blessed, right? Everyone's blessed. And like, don't take this for granted. Share this with everybody. You know, Share all of this stuff, all of the content. I'm sure you have a ton of amazing uh, podcast interviews. So people need to know like, this is really freaking cool. I got to do this myself. Straight up. Yeah. Appreciate it, cool. man. Appreciate it, brother. It's been a pleasure. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, They really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day.